1: Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Yes, it's the African perspective, and we're still all about the African renaissance, really affirming who we are as an African continent, really uh, reflecting the African opinion and viewpoint. And that's nothing that we shy about. It's something that we're very, very much pro here on uh, Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Thank you for joining me on our frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern Africa welcome as well to uh, the rest of the continent as well and internationally on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za and uh, thank you to our South African listeners and neighboring countries and uh, uh, they listening to us on channel 802 on uh, the audio book there's a stream or a trend this year when it comes to our particular show that we've been looking at this particular issue over and over again and it seems to be the big, big trend on the African continent and a very important topic in terms of uh, the future of the African continent the issue of promotion of uh, gender mainstreaming, uh, the idea of the advancement of women on the African uh, continent. Just last week we were at the uh, WAVE um, gathering where a whole lot of women from all over the continent were gathering there in Cape Town to really speak about how do you actually put women in the center of business? Well, today we're looking at a different uh, viewpoint. How do you actually make sure from an economic and uh, even a social perspective that women are actually really zoomed in in terms of being prioritized in African economies? Well, the Pan-African Parliament opened on Monday and tomorrow the annual Women's Conference will start until Friday. The conference will zoom in on challenges facing women on the African (laughs) continent. Some of the areas that have been put on the spotlight by the Pan-African Parliament to be discussed, include the big issue on the African continent, still worrying to the stand. We've been talking about it for the last 20 years, which is female genital mutilation. And another subject, and how do we get men on board in getting rid of uh, practices such as these? And also, how do we mainstream women in end- Politics and the social uh, structures of today on the African continent, and we've got a great lineup uh, from our uh, guests today. We've got Dr. Benedette LaHaye. It's always fantastic speaking to her. She's in South Africa for the uh, fourth vice the, the Pan African Parliament. She's the fourth vice president, rather, of uh, the uh, Pan African Parliament. Itumilenko Komanyane is the regional programs manager at Sonka Gender Justice, who is also the co-organizer of this particular conference. And uh, joining us as well is Agnes Odihambo who is the Senior Researcher of the Women's Rights Program at the Human Rights Watch. Uh, she's not at the conference herself, but Agnes will really look at something very important because they released a World uh, uh, Report 2017 uh, recently, which also really looks at these issues that are concerning women's rights. But let me start the conversation with Do- Dr. Bernadette High. It's great to be speaking to you once again, Doctor. Thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa. Tell us a little bit about why the Pan-African Parliament thought it was important to have a a women's conference this year.
3: Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Let me start by wishing all girls in the world but especially in Africa for the International Day of the Girl Child which is today and which is commemorated all over the world. Of course when we talk of women we first of all have to talk for girls, because it is girls that grow up and transform to become women. So the issues of girls in the world and Africa continue to be a challenge, and we hope that today's International Day of the Girl Child will reflect on the opportunities and challenges of girls, especially girls that are in conflict or experiencing conflict. With that, let me say that uh, the Pan-African Parliament has as one of its annual flagship program, the Conference on Women's Issues in Africa. This conference annually in October brings together women from all over Africa and also from other parts of the world to discuss the critical issues affecting women in the continent, but also to engage in the cross-fertilization of sharing experiences, sharing success stories and challenges with other women in the other parts of the world. So tomorrow and the day after tomorrow, the pan Parliament will be looking, will be car- uh, carrying out usually their conference bringing women from all over. And uh, female genital mutilation and also involving women in the economic and social affairs will be looked at. Of course, mm. uh, one of the issues on the female genital mutilation, which is a, a very important uh, topic that the Pan-African Parliament discusses, is that we as a Parliament, we are charged with the objective of ensuring that we uphold the rights of the peoples of Africa, and that right includes women's and girls' rights. Mm. The issue of female genital mutilation is topical because uh, it is seen as a violation of the rights of women and also it has a disseminate effect on the growth and development and empowerment of women.
0: Mm. So this
3: is why it is a critical issue that the Panavakan Parliament is working on so that through advocacy, awareness raising uh, in our respective countries, we can put in place the adequate legislation and policies to address this issue.
1: Mm. Well let me come to you Itumileng In terms of looking at this particular topic Is it not another uh, talk shop Because Africa we love speaking about women As if they are the other But it seems like uh, we really really having A big big uh, problem in terms of uh, Mainstreaming the human rights In the agenda of our policies In the agenda of how we do business And also in the agenda of even our African cultures I'm looking at the statistic uh, of the US UN Human Rights Office, which uh, was released uh, earlier in uh, 2017. It says in 2013, African women and girls accounted for 62% of all global deaths from preventable causes related to pregnancy and, and childbirth. Just from those kind of stats, you are starting to see that the girl child to the adult woman is not prioritized on the African continent, ditumiling.
2: Um, thank you, Ben, and good morning to all listeners. Um, you know, I think for me what's critical in this in this topic is always, you know, the fact that women's issues or anything to do with gender typically is seen as a woman's issue. And the value add or contribution of organizations like ours, Sonke um, Gender Justice, and the work we do through Men Engage Africa in about 23 countries in Africa is really to keep highlighting that Often men are the missing parts of the gender equation, and so as we speak to issues around gender inequality, gender-based violence, or the continued, um, you know, issues around the fact that, you know, large by far, large men continue to have a say over women's bodies, over women's sexual and reproductive health rights choices. That it then becomes um, inexplicable that we still don't have men coming onto the table and so I think for us a contribution and and a topic that we really would like to see featuring um, in in the women's conference over the next couple of days is why is it important to engage men and boys on these issues? And in particular we need to still recognize that by far and large men are still the decision makers, whether it's at policy level, whether it's at implementation level, and even in the family, you know, choices or decisions around whether a woman accesses health In some countries, we're still seeing that even a simple choice as when does a woman leave the house to go deliver a baby safely in a clinical space, it's still largely waited for the husband or the partner Mm. to come and give almost authority or authorization for her to be able to do so. And so our entry point is that it's very, very uh, important to the engagement and boys on these issues, including on FGM, Mm. um, because I think we sometimes forget that In addition to this conversation, we need to address, you know, some of how the harmful notions of masculinity contribute to women's Mm. uh, um, disempowerment, Mm. and particularly women and, and the girl child.
1: Let me move on to you, Agnes Odihambo. I was reading uh, the HRW's uh, uh, World uh, Report 2017 and uh, very much alarming issues that are coming out there. But what stood out for me is uh, the issues that, uh, you know, the issues of women are really much uh, peripheral when it comes to the justice aspect of things. Really, we don't deal with these issues from a judiciary system. Either the fact that uh, uh, violence against women women including rape and domestic violence remain widespread and underreported but such things such as um, uh, this uh, uh, fgm issue which is female uh, genital mutilation and child marriages seems to still be uh, the mainstream of some african cultures as well
4: yes um, thank you so much for having me on the show and uh, good morning to the listeners uh, the issue of access to justice uh, for women who have undergone violence is a big challenge for many countries in Africa. Um, and there are many reasons why you find that women don't get justice. Uh, to begin with, uh, in many cultures uh, in Africa, I've realized people fear the police because the police are not usually helpful when people go to them for various other issues. So when a woman is raped, uh, she's very hesitant to go to the police. But also linked to that, obviously, is issues around you know stigma, where rape, for example, is seen as something very shameful. So the woman doesn't want to go and tell the police that I was raped, for fear that either they are going to be ridiculed by the police, or that you know their husband or their family may get to know that they were raped. And when that happens, there can be, you know, serious risk. They can be sent away. They can be beaten. They can, you know, just abandoned by by their families. Um, in my experience of interviewing women who have been raped, including women who have been raped in situations of conflict, police are not very helpful a lot of times. And women will always say police are not interested in gender violence or in domestic violence or on rape, on rape cases. So they will question the women, ask them what they were wearing, why were you walking at night, were you drinking, why were you in the bar. Mm. Sometimes even going as far as asking the woman, but did you not enjoy the rape? So the very negative attitude of the police is a big problem. In Kenya, for example, recently I was interviewing women who were raped uh, when we had the recent election. And, you know, they insist on asking the woman, who raped you? And they say, if you don't know who raped you, then we cannot follow up with the case. So there is that bit around the police, but also there is the issue of the court system itself. In Africa, we have very few courts, so women often have to travel very far to go attend a court. Sometimes we may go and find that your case will not even be heard that day. You have to go back. Um, and then also a lack of understanding of how the court system happens. But in addition to that also is the sentencing, that sometimes our judges and magistrates are not very serious in the kind of sentences that Mm, they hand mm. down to perpetrators of sexual violence, creating an environment where, you know, it's not seen like, you know, people don't fear that if you rape someone or beat a woman, you will go to prison for a long time. And I keep saying that, the law is actually very important in addressing violence against women or gender-based violence, because once you know if I beat my woman and I go to court, I'll be sentenced for five, ten wow. years in prison, then mm-hmm. it can send a very strong message. So obviously they have that, but um, I think it's really important to empower uh, and uh, strengthen people like the police, magistrates, to understand violence against women, to understand that it is a serious violation of their rights and that they need to be compassionate and to actually follow the law when they are trying to help them.
1: Mm, well, I'm going to come to you, and I want to bring that to you, Dr. Benedict Lahai, because of the fact that uh, these stereotypes and these myths are still attached to actually uh, women themselves. It's it's horrific to hear eknes say those things around the stigmas that are still attached to uh, women when they get raped or when they get violated, or if they don't want to participate in something like female genital mutilation, they can be ostracized from their families and their communities. But with you also, Dr. Benedict Lahai. I would like to also look at this issue of how do we actually mainstream women in the space that you're in which is politics we still have a long way to go yes there's some countries that are making some good advancements in that regard but still lots needs to be done let's take a quick break we've got dr benedet lahai on the line the fourth vice president of the pan african parliament Manyane, who is the regional programs manager at sonke gender justice which is a very much brilliant organization based in south africa which looks at gender issues agnes odi ambo is the Senior Researcher at the Women's Rights Program at the Human Rights uh, uh, Watch. Well, I just want to also say and echo the words that came out from Dr. Bernadette Hyde, And I just want to say to all the lovely girls of the continent, a uh, happy day of the girl today. And I uh, hope that uh, all the young girls are having a good time today and really made to feel, uh, to feel special on this amazing, amazing day. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Yeah, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Well, today we are looking at a big uh, conversation. It's already heated up. It's Just getting these comments from uh, three of our guests who are joining us on the line, looking at the challenges that women face on the African uh, continent. Uh, tomorrow, the Pan-African Parliament will have its annual Women's Conference, which will end on Friday, really looking at pioneering the conversation around economic advancement of women on the African continent and how do you actually promote gender mainstreaming in various parts of African uh, society. Dr. Benedetta, hi, it's a big question. The stereotypes that are maintained within these gender issues or gender uh, notions that still persist to this day on the African continent. And uh, Dr. Benedetta, hi, I know that linked to this conversation that's happening uh, to uh, in the annual Women's Conference is the fact that uh, economic advancement of women is very essential when you actually look at the future of uh, the continent and also mainstreaming women in various parts of the continent is something that needs to shift and change and be pioneered to see actually an advancement in terms of the development of the continent. As a politician yourself uh, uh, Dr. Lahai, do you see this actually happening? Is there a shift uh, that you seeing or you still see that there's still a long way to go?
3: Well I think uh We have made a lot of progress to really deconstructing the minds of uh, our people on some of those gender stereotypes, but uh, we are not yet there, but we are happy about the advances we've made, especially women in politics. Uh, You know that before now, uh, politics was heavily male-dominated, and when you saw women, they were at the periphery, either cooking and dancing. Even in the political party structures, you know, the women are mostly in the women's wing or just there to be seen and aid the men. But uh, the narrative is changing and we are gradually winning the, the advocacy and the awareness raising that uh, we need to mainstream the women and gender issues in politics. Because politics is all about decision-making. Decision making for scarce resources, decision making for power, decision making for status and privileges. And I think uh, if you now look at the data on women in politics, it is improving. In fact, African women in, I think, five or six countries top the list when it comes to gender empowerment and also gender inequality index. Like Rwanda is leading the way. We have other countries, South Africa, Uganda, Kenya. So we are changing the narrative. But it's going to take a lot of resources, a lot of education, awareness raising. We need to empower women economically because politics... It's it's also a heavily monetized institution, especially the campaigns and everything. Money does not uh, vote, but money talks. So the more we empower women economically and also give them the confidence for public speaking, and the more we are putting women in committees and at the heads of political institutions, the more this uh, stereotype is breaking and going away. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm happy that uh, for now, for example, in the Pan African Parliament, out of the five bureau members, you have three women. That is sixty sure. percent of the executive members in the bureau are women. So this is a great achievement for us. So we are going places. The challenges are still there, but we are also building the capacities of women and institutions of political uh, political institutions and economic institutions to help women uh, overcome some of those challenges.
1: Mm, coming to you, itumeleng. I don't know, but if I'm correct. When we look at these issues of uh, woman empowerment and making sure that women are mainstreamed in uh, politics and business and in social life, it's very interesting on the African continent that mainstreaming women sometimes is linked to the economic situations that they find themselves. And uh, women sometimes have more advantages when they have uh, uh, the education or, or they have uh, the, the right uh, cultural backgrounds to actually mainstream them in Uh, the economy. Uh, But sometimes women struggle, more women struggle because of the economic conditions and and poverty is usually related to that. I think I've lost someone on the line. I just hope it's not you, Itumileng, but we'll find out who that line is. But Itumileng, are you still there with me? I'm still here. Yeah, carry on, Itumileng.
2: Okay, so you're asking me about the challenges that women still face, um, even where some of them are empowered in a way.
1: Yeah, I'm not in that terms, but I feel like you know the more empowered that you are in a, as a woman, yes, you have a certain um, p- pathways of getting certain privileges, but uh, the disempowerment of women is usually linked to poverty.
2: Indeed, and and I think if you if you really think of it, in 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 our African landscape, issues around land ownership um, still largely aligned to patriarchy where men will, will own land and women less. So even where we've seen legislation that is a bit more transformative in that sense. And if you link this, just if you just link the issue around land ownership to economic empowerment and you realize that land is one of the major uh, predictors of, you know, whether it's capital, whether, whether it's access to more money to get anything done and women continue to not own land. You know, I think those are some of the linkages that we, we need to always keep in mind. So you're, you're, you're basically confronted with a scenario where we might have very progressive legislation, but when it comes to implementation thereof in our culture or in our communities where you still have issues around rights, inheritance, where somebody will say a woman cannot inherit land. And I think then it really lends itself to the issue around how do women become progressively empowered, whether it's economically or any other way, when we're still dealing with cultural issues where even inheritance women cannot inherit and it's still, a, it's still a long fight and I think perhaps in a roundabout way what I'm trying to say is the, the issue of poverty is not only an, an indicator for women's disempowerment it's an indicator for the whole lot for the whole family So: sure. you know so when a woman is disempowered when they have no access to any form of economic viability or viable options it's not just the woman that's affected, it's the family, it's the community within which they live. Mm -hmm. And so part of our work is really around how do we engage, you know, the policymakers, the legislators, even the justice system on the fact that it's good and well to have very good transformative language on policy, but implementation is just as key. And added to that is even the notions of our communities around patriarchy to understand that women's empowerment is not, only about getting women to a higher level, that in actual fact, women's empowerment benefits men as well.
1: Mm. Agnes, your thoughts on on that? Uh, Because sometimes uh, uh, we do have uh, that advantage of having women... um, really having that representation from a leadership uh, perspective. But uh, are those policies and actions that uh, uh, are actually a pro-woman on the African continent trickling down to the ordinary person? I mean, Dumeling has already highlighted the challenges that are linked uh, to poverty itself, which sometimes entrenches the stereotypes and the stigmas uh, that we are talking about.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the policy environment in the continent and other places, you find that there's a growing awareness of the need to develop policies that, you know, take into account the needs of both women and men. Uh, And these are policies either to do with development, to do with health, to do, you know, with violence, So there is that recognition that, yes, you need to mainstream a perspective that respects the views of women, but also that addresses the particular vulnerabilities and needs of women. The challenge, I think, is with implementation, because even to look at the issue of women in politics, if you look at countries like Kenya, like Tanzania, South Africa, we do have provisions that would allow for more women representation. But then you go back to our communities and you know the attitudes about a woman being a member of parliament, a woman being a president prevail. Or you go back to our political parties when they are supposed to nominate women or to put women on lists, they don't put women on the list. Or you go through a nominations process, a woman is nominated and they get the woman out and they put them, a man in her place. So yeah, we have mm-hmm. that understanding. Sure. But then how do we actually get to implement what we have on paper? And part of the problem is a lack of understanding that women really do bring a different perspective to these issues. Um, and that where women actually benefit, the whole family, the whole community benefits. Uh, today, as uh, the earlier speaker was uh, saying, is the International Day of the Girl, and one of the things that we are campaigning for as Human Rights Watch is the need to ensure every girl goes to school. Because we found that there's a lot of discrimination Mm -hmm. in getting uh, girls to go to school and have an education. And research has shown over and over, time and time again, that educating a woman is the best thing that you can give to the woman and to the family, that an educated woman brings so many benefits. A woman's money is mostly uh, used to develop the family, to take children to school. An educated woman is less likely to die during childbirth. She will plan her family. So the benefits are very many. But what we are finding is there's a lot of discrimination. There are a lot of challenges that hold girls back. Recently, we've been uh, campaigning in Tanzania where they do not allow girls who become pregnant or who get married to go back to school. So it's like that is the end of your life when you get pregnant. So you are literally abandoning this child to a life of poverty and misery by denying them an education. So I think what really we need to uh, push for is really to show that there is value, there is benefit in educating women, but also in bringing women's perspectives in policies, in leadership positions.
1: Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap it up with uh, you ladies. Uh, We are uh, speaking today on the International Day of the Girl which is uh, a United Nations recognized day today which uh, really looks at uh, uh, 1.1 billion girls in the world having and deserving equal opportunities uh, for a better future. We know that uh, on the African continent that is a big big challenge uh, as was highlighted by Agnes there. It's time from actually providing that education uh, uh, really source uh, whereby they can be empowered for uh, their future. Uh, just to remind you, tomorrow the Pan-African Parliament will be having its annual Women's uh, Conference and uh, we are speaking to one of the organizers, uh, Itumileng Komonyane, who is from the uh, Songke Gender Justice Organization. She's a regional programs manager there. We also have the senior researcher in the Women's Rights Program at Human Rights. Rights Watch. I think we heard that tone there uh, during our conversation with Itumeleng. We had to let go of Dr. Benedette Lahai. I think she's required there at the Pan-African Parliament where the action is taking place. Let's take a quick break, and then after this, we'll wrap it up with our guests getting their final sentiments on The Way Forward. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye hevisasa, moja kwa moja.
3: Farafina. Farafina. Terre du soleil. Está
1: na companhia do Serviço em Língua Portuguesa do Canal África, a voz de Renascença Africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Oakland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul.
0: Zotitika,
1: Mo África! Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective. Well, uh, you are listening to us right here on our frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern Africa uh, thank you for joining us Africa that's our shortwave service uh, uh, to the African continent all the way from South Africa Johannesburg this is South Africa's external service uh, to the continent making sure that uh, we are actually providing information and uh, a resource to the continent if you're listening to us internationally we're on WW www.channelafrica.co.za You can find us on DSTV as well On channel 802 On the audio bouquet there That's in South Africa and neighboring countries Now let's project into the future I mean, Agnes was speaking to uh, Dr. Benedict Lahai And uh, she highlighted there has been a shift Especially in the politics realm Where she is uh, Where she has seen a shift in parliament Where there's more representatives In various countries of women participating in policy decisions. But there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, It's not all doom and gloom on the African continent. We've seen women pioneering themselves in the space of uh, uh, business and economics, Uh, but uh, there's still a long way to actually perceive uh, this vision that we have of actually finding that space where women's rights are really completely acknowledged uh, from our various African countries. It's a big task, but it can be done, Agnes.
4: Uh, Definitely. I mean, uh, women are not just victims. Uh, Women have been working actively uh, to get better mechanisms to protect themselves against violence, but also to improve policies, to improve uh, practices. I think for me, what is really important is to appreciate that women's rights are human rights uh, and to respect the views of women. I think... for governments to address the many challenges that face our countries, but specific issues that face women around health, around low levels of participation in politics, around violence, uh, around women lagging behind in education, in employment, and all that is really to embrace the concept of gender equality, where we recognize that women have uh, solutions to offer and that their perspective is important, but again, also that they also have rights as, um, as as human beings. I think it's important not to lose what we have gained because sometimes we find that we make one step forward mm. and another step backwards. Uh, especially as sometimes around you know reproductive rights, where we say women have you know a right to have an abortion, and then mm. we have a law, and the next moment we are repealing that law again. Mm. So. Uh, we need to be careful not to lose what already we have gained uh, to maintain that, but also to improve. But the real challenge really uh, remains is implementing what we have learned, the policies we have, the strategies we have. That is what we really need to implement. Not forgetting to include women in uh, all these processes so that they bring their very um, important voices into into all that.
1: Let me bring you in. Agnes brings out a very important uh, viewpoint there, highlighting the fact that uh, we have made our advances over the last uh, 15, 20 years or so, but there still is that threat of us lagging behind if we let our guard down.
2: Indeed. Um, And I think the advances that Africa has made tend to be underplayed or underreported. And so significantly, if you look at a lot of the research in in the last couple of years, you'll see that most of the progressive laws actually come from the region. Um, And as Agnes highlighted earlier, the issue of implementation is a challenge. And I think sometimes the role of the gatekeepers, particularly whether it's custodians of culture, of religion, of faith, you know, we tend to forget some of these intersectionalities in the importance of implementing law and policy. And so women's rise and the advancement of women in the continent is something that we really need to celebrate. Um, But I think we'll be doing ourselves an injustice if we also don't really bring to the table, you know, the continued issues around even where women have agency, the fact that they still sometimes... it, It almost takes for the men to open up that space. And I think, you know, one of the outcomes for this meeting in the next couple of days is really to have the members of parliament from the different countries, um, for instance, becoming champions uh, around elimination of female genital mutilation. So so we'd like for them to move from rhetoric to actually doing something about this. So for us it's really around, let's stop talking about having put in place good policies. Let's also have including, and especially the male members of parliament in our countries being verbal around you know, issues around women's empowerment, them being mm, supportive, mm. publicly so, on eliminating some of these harmful traditional practices. Mm. And I think most importantly, it's them being able to call out other men, you know, when it comes to issues of gender injustice, violence that is happening, and I think particularly sexual violence in the continent that has almost been borne by the women. So. Yes, and I think for us, it's really around how do we work with these members of parliament to come up with a key resolution How do we implement the map that they drafted last year around elimination of these issues? And then how do we then come back next year so that we also answer the question you asked? Mm. Is this another talk show Mm. or are we really coming out of this meeting with clear resolutions that we can then come back and report to the audience in Africa to say, since the last PEP
1: meeting, this is how far we've advanced. So, Itumeleng. I'm listening to your voice. I'm like, I really have met this girl. Are you not the very same <laughs> Itumeleng that I was emceeing a youth career night with and you were one of the main speakers? It's the same Itumeling, isn't it? This is the same. Oh, that same. is fantastic. Uh, the world has a way of uh, a full circle, doesn't it? It's great it's to be that. speaking to you. Thank you very
2: much for this opportunity, Um I think you know the role of media, and perhaps if I could just have this as my parting
1: shot—that
2: you know, being able to get uh, platforms such as this, you know, is really critical in us moving the gender agenda forward, and you know, being able to engage with media with journalists who understand and can articulate gender issues well. It's possibly the most important strategy.
0: Mm. And
2: I say this because if you look into the African landscape, radio is such a powerful media. So, and, th- so we're th- very grateful for opportunities like this to be able to speak to the people at grassroots level. Not the ones who already understand where we're going, but mm. the ones who possibly need to be further engaged on, on some of these uh, initiatives.
1: Well, thank you so much, Itumeleng. It's a pleasure for us uh, to actually be talking to the likes of yourself who are right there on the ground to understand the landscape itself. So thank you for giving us your time and participating in this debate. That's Itumeleng Komonyan, who's the Regional Programs Manager at Sonke Gender Justice. Thank you as well to Agnes Oniyahambo, who is the Senior Researcher at the Women's Rights Program at the Human Rights Watch. Uh, uh, And uh, I hope you girls also have uh, a good day of the girl day. And uh, it's not only for the young ones, it's also for you ladies. So I hope that you also take it in and enjoy being an African woman indeed.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Fantastic. That's how we wrap up. Uh, Remember, we want you to be part of the Channel Africa family where we give you the African perspective. Remember, we're not shy about that. Something we don't run away from It's something that doesn't make us cower and actually get under our uh, tables. It's something that we shine high on a mighty mountain and say we want to give you the African perspective. So do interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1. Remember, it's the number one at the end at Channel Africa 1. Or you can actually join us here on our african dialogue we've got a twitter handle as well at african dialogue or our facebook page is simply that channel africa well let's end it up with some music looking at today being the day of the girl day it's an international day that really marks the advancement of actually making sure that there are equal opportunities to the girls of this world well what better song than to play by Sagila? this one is titled wonder girl from me benjamin mushatama until next time God bless.